Hi, my name is David Speed. And I'm Adam Brazier. And this is the Creative Rebels podcast. Featuring inspirational stories and practical advice from some of the most prolific and successful creators in the world. Adam and I have co-founded multiple creative businesses and turned our varied passions into our careers. There's never been a better time in history to make a career from being creative. So many people will tell you that you can't do it, but we're here to show you that you definitely can. Right, let's do a podcast. Welcome back, Rebels. Welcome back. How are you doing? I'm good. We love all of our listeners, but we love the ones that subscribe to us on Patreon just a little bit more than all the others. Sorry, others. We we still love you too, but the Patreon subscribers have a special place in our heart. Yeah. So uh, if you do support us on Patreon, thank you very much um, to everyone who signed up last week. We really appreciate it. Uh, you are really helping the show. You're helping to keep the show ad free. We have never wanted to be those people that go, and if you use the code rebels, you'll get 10% off at checkout. We don't want to do that. So you are helping keep this show alive. So thanks for that. Yeah, thanks. Really appreciate it. I, I know a lot of podcasts have had sort of struggles with uh, with listenership during lockdown. Our listenership has actually gone up. So hello to all the new listeners. Um, and another podcast that listenership has gone up is Our Friends Is This Working? And they have been featured all over the place recently. They've just been featured in, I think it was like The Times and The Guardian, like as as like podcasts that you should listen to. Yeah, those guys got a really great podcast about like freelancing, all the tips you need to do to like work from home and working for yourself and all those different things. So especially in the current climate, I feel like, yeah, it's a great one to listen to. So go check those guys yeah. out. Go and lend them your ears. I found that this week's guest is one of the I had the most fun researching him than I've, I think any guest because like I got to watch, literally watch movies to research him. Yeah. I feel like I remember when you were researching this and I feel like you'd got your full list of questions and some more, and then you just kept going because you were yeah, just I was having like, such a good yeah. time. <laughs> I was like, cause when, like, is it still research when it just kind of ventures off into like, oh, I'm just having fun now. Is that still research? <laughs> I guess it is technically, but what an amazing human being. I th- I think sometimes when we do this show, we've only been doing it for like a year and a half, but you just you just catch yourself in the moment sometimes and you just think, I am speaking to like one of the most, like this is the most famous surfer in the world and I'm just having a chat with him. It's mad. Yeah, it was so crazy. I think another thing that I love about this show is it just puts you in front of people that you would never would have ever thought you would have talked to. Because I, like, I'm not into surfing particularly, so I didn't know his background and like what an amazing influential like innovative surfer he is this guy is just amazing like he's just innovated so much like when you see people riding massive waves that's because of something that he created he he made that be able to happen and one thing we talk about with him at a point in the show is mentors and a lot of people i I, it's, it's a question that i've always always struggled with the answer to is like how do i like i've i've got x amount of friends but how do i surround myself by winners and then i was sort of thinking well we are doing that we are surrounding ourselves by winners and the way we did that is we we had to build something first because i sort of feel like there's a value exchange of when you do approach that that really big well-known person if you have if you have nothing to your name then it's a very difficult conversation where as soon as you've built something, you're on a more level footing. Yeah, I think mentorship's a really interesting one because I know a lot of people use it as they're, they're not confident yet to start something themselves. So they almost feel like if I go and get mentored by someone, that will give me the confidence to go and do something. Whereas they could actually just go and do it on their own and they don't actually need that mentorship. But 
yeah, as you said there, it's like if you've got that value you can exchange, if you can provide something useful to someone that could benefit you and your career, then like definitely do it. Like Gary Vee is a perfect example of like so many younger people who've come to work for him for free have helped him out with video production and stuff. And now they've kind of flown the coop and they're all doing big things on their own. Like it's a really, it's really nice when you see it work that way. But I think with mentorship, it is really important to make sure that you're the one choosing a mentor if you do choose one. Because if you get someone to come to you and say, oh, I'd like to be your mentor. And then you kind of end up in this situation where you're just doing loads of work for someone and not getting anything really back in exchange. <laughs> I feel yeah, like this is not be... mentorship. This is, this is ex- exploitation. exploitation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you can, you can surround yourself by mentors. And if you're listening to this podcast, then you're already doing that. And, and my yeah. advice would be go and find other podcasts like ours and surround yourself with that, like as for as many hours of the day as you can. Yeah. That's I think a, that's such a great point because it's like, I don't have any physical like human mentors that are, I see in real life, but I'll consume books, I'll listen to podcasts, I'll use that as my mentorship rather than having an actual person I go and see every week or something. Yeah, but I mean, but that being said, there's there's definitely guests that we now will consult on things and we'll ask their advice and we'll, yeah. we'll chop it up with them and we'll help them with what they're working on. And so, so I do feel like because we, because we built something, because we have this podcast and we've well documented the story of how we started no one knew who we were we had zero followers we were just a nobody but we we built it up to the stage because it's like i felt so awkward meeting people for the first time and going i'm starting this podcast because i didn't have i didn't have the backup yet yeah. like we knew it was going to be successful but there was no proof to them that it was going to be big but as soon as we started building it and even when we're like one week in two weeks in we could then go to people and say, look, we've got this thing. We want you to be a part of it. And then that was our entry level to becoming friends with these people, being able to share all their knowledge and learning with the audience. But then also for us on a, on like kind of a personal level, being able to develop these relationships, which has been good for us. Yeah. I feel like that goes back to it, why it's so important to just start because before you start anything, there's always this anxiety of like, I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know if people are going to believe it or think it's good or anything like that but as soon as you've started and you've actually got an actual project to show you can say like look this is the thing i'm actually doing because if you go if you go to someone and say like oh this is the thing i'm thinking about doing generally they just kind of like shut it down like oh yeah sure like that might happen it might not and i think the reason for that is is that everyone else has let you down so you might have really pure intentions of like i'm definitely going to do this thing but because every single person before you they've said I'm going to do this thing. And then they didn't fucking bother. They're the ones letting you down. So you, you, you've got to understand that it's not your, it's not the person's fault that you're going to, that they're going to be skeptical of your big idea because so many people have big ideas and then they do fuck all with it. Yeah. It's just society, isn't it? It's like people love to dream big and then never act on that. If you're getting really like fired up when you listen to the podcast, it's like you, you have to actually act. You have to, it's fine getting those endorphins and going, yeah, I can take over the world. But and, until you actually put it into action, it, it won't mean anything. Yeah. Like, like that's a really good point. Actually, I was talking to our friend Alex Manzi about this the other week, how I've now started to do it. Like if I get a bit fired up, I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea. I'll just stop what I'm doing. And I'll go and do that. Because I think if I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea, let me do that later. I just won't do it later because I've not got the excitement for it. So I feel like as soon as you have motivation, you need to use that as soon as possible because it will just deplete. Yeah. 
yeah it's 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 there very very fleetingly isn't it and then you and then you have to go and and so i mean back back to mentors i think one thing that i i i say in our talks and i don't think i've said it on the podcast before but it's worth mentioning again if i have it's is that everything that you want to do in your life whatever it may be like however ridiculous and outlandish your goals are there is someone in the world who can make that a reality for you yeah there's someone there is a decision maker somewhere that like if if we want to interview like whoever it might be there's someone who can make that interview happen so you have to you have to get to those people and maybe you can't get to them through the first step maybe it's it's 10 steps down your journey but and until you take that first step you're never going to get to the 10th step for example as you were saying that then i was thinking oh we could probably do be the first podcast in space and i was like because there is someone out there who could make that happen which is crazy we just need to make friends with Elon Musk, I suppose. There's someone who could make that happen. And I think also on that point is the fact that everything that you could possibly go and do, someone has done before as well. So someone has that playbook that you can go to ask them how they did it. And there's a good chance that if you can provide them some value, they might tell you. And so back to the the sort of steps on the journey analogy, the, the further down you go, the easier it gets. And I, I think most people are, are stuck on step one. But as soon as you get to step three and four, it's like for us, like we interviewed Laird's wife, Gabby Reese, um, on the podcast a few weeks ago. And through Gabby, we got Laird. So, um, and, and because Laird is very like sparing on the interviews that he does, he doesn't do very many. He's done Joe Rogan, he's done a couple of others, but he doesn't do loads. And and I don't feel like if we hadn't interviewed Gabby, then we probably wouldn't have been able to get him. Yeah. So it's really interesting. It's just that was another step in the journey. And so it, it it forwarded us to the next step. Yeah, it's all planting flags, isn't it? And it's like, there's just a different kind of flags that you plant. And if people are flying your flags for you, then it just makes the whole journey so much easier. Right. So enough from us. Let's get into this episode. This episode, we are talking to Laird Hamilton. Laird is an entrepreneur, inventor, and a big wave surfer. Laird's probably the most well-known surfer in the world. He's developed several techniques that allow surfers to ride waves that were previously impossible. Laird's a remarkable human whose relentless pursuit for innovation has given him the tools to overcome obstacles and fears. We don't need to be in the middle of the ocean to use these tools ourselves. In this episode, we talk about fears, discipline, and the honey line. You know, where if you find a bee, you follow a bee, and then you find other bees and then eventually you follow the bees and they you go to the bees nest and there's honey and there's bees there and if you follow a wasp you'll find another wasp and pretty soon you'll end up at the wasp nest so you know i think that that's a you know that's a metaphor for life hi lad aloha <laughs> welcome to the show yeah thank you for having me so so led don't tell you this the wrong way most people surf like normal people see surfing and they do and they just do normal surfing why big wave surfing ultimately it's it's uh something that's in you i think something that you're born with you know you just have this this kind of draw or a calling um you know my my dad uh always said that big wave riders were born not made and you didn't you know you didn't make become one you just were one and then you have had the opportunity to participate in big wave riding or not it's just i think it's a just an innate calling to be to to that power you know to that to that maybe to that limitation do you think it's almost like a lack of fear well, I, you know i 
I, I think when you say lack of fear, it kind of, you know, it evokes in me uh, a lack of uh, awareness, uh, a lack of, uh, of, you know, respect. I, I, you know, somebody, when I hear like no fear, I'm like, well, that's just not proper assessment. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a, a level of intelligence that comes with fear uh, that, you know, that, that you have to have, especially to, you know, it's easy to do something dangerous once, but to live a dangerous, you know, life or do th dangerous things on a regular basis, I, you know, I, that speaks to me in a form, there's a form of intelligence in that. And so um, you just have a different relationship with fear than so-called normal people, or a fact that you have a relationship at all. And most people really just don't have a relationship with fear. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because with fear, for example, like I'm scared of spiders, but I know most of them won't kill me. But I suppose as soon as you have that education to realize, well, what ones are safe and what ones aren't, and you understand that, then you're going to approach them in very different ways. Whenever you're talking about fear uh, and and just fear of the unknown, I think it's a it's it's that's the basis of fear is the, the lack of knowledge. And I think the more that you are educated and the more you understand something. Uh, it's, I, I use sharks as an example, you know, if you don't know sharks and you just think, oh my gosh, sharks are under the water and they're going to yeah. eat me. You have a whole thing that you build up and your imagination builds this incredible fairy tale. Uh, and then you go swim with sharks and you, you know, start to learn about sharks and then your fear continues to dissipate and, and, and it becomes less and less and less. And eventually you, you stop really being scared of them. And then you, start to admire or appreciate so yeah. uh you know i think it's a lot of it's based on that because for me my worst fear is I, I used to say my worst fear was sharks but then i decided that my worst fear is the ocean because of the complete unknown the, the times when i have been in the ocean so for example when i was in in the sea in australia and and the fish just don't give a fuck and they just bash into your legs and and i was just like i'm not this is not my world i'm not supposed to be here i know like the definition of a phobia is like an irrational fear so i'm so frightened of whales and i know most likely that a whale is not going to kill me but if i was in the water with a whale i would probably have a heart attack just because of their sheer size and it just doesn't feel like my world and it's so it's so fascinating for me to to talk to someone who like you you feel the opposite and you feel a connection with those because the amount of hours that you've probably spent in the ocean i'm sure your encounters with that sort of wildlife are numerous and just with the 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 water and all of the natural elements that are really really fucking dangerous are, are like so vast you've just said that you know the amount of hours that i've been in the ocean and the amount of times i've been around whales and sharks and just in, in general uh, definitely have a, a sheer appreciation for what they are the magnitude i think it's i mean again i i go back to what you said which is you should be scared of whales. They're very big. And you know what? They're not going to try to kill you. But if they just happen to slap you uh, with their tail accidentally yeah. because you were close, you would probably die or break in half. So, you know, th that's that's smart. Like, hey, you're supposed this is a big thing. You're supposed to be scared of it and understand it. And so I think there's a line there. You know, a, a lot of it has to do with how you respond. You know, the problem when you get scared is, you know, uh, and I tell people this because I've been speaking of, you know, in regards to fear, just 
given what's been going on in the world. And, you know, if you ever want to see an animal misbehave, scare them and then watch what they do. I mean, they run into walls and they yeah. do all kinds of crazy things. So, you know, how do you respond? You know, if you're in the ocean and you saw a whale and you freaked out and just swam like maybe right in front of it accidentally because you weren't thinking what you're doing, you were scared versus, hey, there's a whale. Maybe I'll just stay real still. If it looks like it's coming my way, maybe I'll move slightly away. So I think that there's, you know, again, your response to the situation, uh, you know, both people are scared. One people, you know, one guy just freaks out and does something stupid and gets munched. And the other guy kind of, you know, is cautious and, and slows down and gives him, you know, makes a rational decision. So I think that that's, you know, and, and, and that definitely comes from experience and training and, you know, whether you're in the military and you're in combat or you're in a dangerous, you know, you're, you're climbing on a, on a, on a rock wall where if you slip, you die. I mean, whatever the form of death is, uh, the more times you've been in the situation, the more educated you are about the situation, all of those things, lead you to be more still and more and and have better decision making yeah i can 100 percent relate to that so as uh, a graffiti artist for many years i i made work illegally and after a while i got into the zone of being able to switch that fear off even though i was hyper aware of everything that was going on around me because i needed to be um and, and especially like painting at height if i was if i was like at the side of a motorway or something like that you realize that when you're painting normally if you just take a quick step backwards to look at your work which is so common that's just sort of habit but when you're 20 meters up in the air like that's that's you're going to land in the road although i was always aware of it i was able to so my hand wouldn't be shaking i wouldn't be hyperventilating it was it was sort of this sort of calming process of and i suppose it's almost like a like a meditation. I'm much more sensible now. I don't do these things anymore, but um, <laughs> but I can I can relate to to that side. I mean, what you're speaking of is really a form of flow state, right? So so at the end of the day, that that's a form of flow state when you're can you could be hyper aware yet you're in an activity, aware of your surroundings, but but able to kind of stay in a zone where you're you know focus on doing specifically what you're you know what the task is and. Uh, and that and that is a meditation that's active meditation there's a there's a that's why we're you know that's why we're uh, drawn to it i mean people go oh, adrenaline uh, you know your adrenaline uh freak and all that stuff and i'm like you know i appreciate that concept but that's that for me i feel like there's a real limitation because you're you're not you're you're it's a it's a great it's a much greater thing than just hey i'm doing something to scare myself and i really like that and there's there's there's, there's aspects of that that what you're talking about and what I'm talking about, these are, these are active meditation. These are, and, and art is the probably one of the highest of that. I mean, if you're playing a concerto on a piano or you're, or you're, or you're in, you know, or you're painting or you're, or you're cooking or you're, you know, whatever it is, whatever your art is, you know, whatever your medium is, I mean, there's a, there's a level of, of submersion you know, you're some, you're in it, and you're and and nothing else is really uh, penetrating that. But yet, you're aware of everything. That's that's heightened. That's some heightened existence. <laughs> that's living in the now. <laughs> you know. Do you kind of consistently seek that? Because it seems to me that there's there's people that get to like the top of 
whatever their chosen field is and that's kind of they've conquered that mountain and they they just stick at that whereas it seems to me that you kind of continue to innovate for me personally i think i really enjoy the process of concept you know idea a napkin a pencil wow hey and then and then maybe an understanding of the the ramifications you know the understanding what what you're thinking about how it could be and then going through that and then kind of being a beginner and then kind of being a little bit better and better and then pretty soon you get to kind of a level where the increments of learning are much smaller and 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 in a way somewhat less satisfying um so i i do like that i do like that that process it's i mean you know as an artist you can appreciate just starting a new a new being done with something and being like okay i'm going to the next I mean, it still involves a lot of your skills, but you're going to the next, sometime maybe the next medium, maybe the next picture, you know, uh, next piece of art. But I look at it more like that. And I, and I think that that's the way that I've gone about it in order to keep kind of my enthusiasm up, you know, keep, keep me, you know, and I do that with my training as well, where I just, I'm always, I get bored uh, with kind of the same repetitive process sometimes and so i'll look for a twist you know I'll, okay do it backwards do it eyes closed do it with the left hand do it with the right hand do you know it's like do it on one foot or whatever it, it's and through that things have come out right so innovations come from uh that process and 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 i think it's you know you don't necessarily start out with the whole thing like hey i'm going to innovate something uh, but you start out with Hey, I'm going to do something a different way, or I'm open to doing it a different way. And so I don't think that that's the only way, because I'm never satisfied with whatever way that something's being done is that's the only way it can be done or it should be done. So I, I'm and a little bit contrarian in that, in that respect. What is contrarian? <laughs> what is contrarian? I think just going against the, the status quo, just, just contrary to, to, and maybe part of it's to do that for that reason. Some of it's just because your interests bring you there. You're not purposely going out to be different, you know, because I think for some people that's, you know, a contrarian is just like, and I will admit, you know, if everybody thinks that that band is great, then I might say they suck just because yeah, everybody the says that they're great. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, it, it, that could just be a reaction to everybody thinking, something is, you know, the right way to go. I think it's a, uh, again, it's like a mechanism, you know, you asked about big wave riding. I think it's a similar mechanism that, that there, some of us have to continue to kind of force, uh, to force change maybe to for, or at least to look at things and go, okay, well, you know, not just be satisfied with, Hey, that's the only, you know, and it's, it's the thing that probably drove us to, to go out, in the world and keep moving west or whatever to keep to keep uh expanding was that kind of not necessarily accepting things uh for the way that everybody's doing them or the way that it is or that's the way they do it and you know all of that stuff that kind of in a way i i feel that kind of constrains us from uh from expanding that's such a rare thing though. Yeah, because people in general, like we we do as we're told on the whole, like most people are are told this is how this thing is done and then they do it that way. And then, and but I suppose that's how the innovation comes is when you're not satisfied and you are always looking forward. You know, I quote Thoreau, 
uh, in that when, you know, disobedience is the, the true foundation of liberty and the obedient shall be slaves. You know, the fact is, is that there's something to be said about being a contrarian or just being going against the, 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 the status quo and, and not only just because, and like I said, uh, to go against it, but just because you're not, you know, satisfied that that's the best way or that's the only way uh, to do things. I think that there's a, you know, and, uh, and, and, and the truth is there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of satisfaction that comes from going the path that's the least traveled and arriving at a, lo a different location than the main road that's just taking everybody and you get it. And ultimately it's less about the destination. It is about the journey, right? So at the end, the journey itself uh, is more interesting than when you're just going down the main road with everybody where everybody's going. It's like, well, that's not that interesting. Um, well, it takes an ability to, to not care what people think. You know, I think I think we're influenced so much about wanting to be accepted and 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 to and to fit in because that's part of survival. That there's an aspect of survival. That's a bio a biological mechanism that we uh, have that keeps us. You know, in order to survive, you know, you got to be accepted by the tribe, and if you're outcasted, you're going to be hunting alone, and you know, you won't be able to defend yourself uh, by you know like you would if you were accepted, and so. Um, you know, I think that there's a, there's, but that, that, so then there's a willingness to be able to, you know, stand on your own. Um, and, and, uh, and so, but you know, there's a, and so those, there's those mechanisms that, that, you know, that you get that you're maybe a piece of them, you're, you know, a piece of it you're born with some of it, you, you, you know, are circumstances, some of it's choice, you know, you choose to, to, you know, maybe you were outcasted in your world. And so you were used to that. That was just part of something that you knew how to deal with because you were always ostracized. And so you were like, sure, no problem. I always used to say, you know, people will dislike you that don't, that have no reason. Then why would you be surprised if they dislike you, if you gave them one? So, uh, you know, it's like, you're like, cool, no problem. Like I gave you one. So sure. I mean, you, I, you know, you'll do it anyway. So why would you not do it if I gave you one? <laughs> I'm last night with my girlfriend, I was watching, um, riding giants, the, uh, the, the surfing film, um, documentary that you're a part of. Yeah. And, um, it was really funny halfway through. She said, if you just, just took the audio from this and just said that they were talking about graffiti, it would be, you wouldn't really have to change many of the words. And um, and then we sort of got into a sort of a mini debate how, and it, it does seem to be mostly a male thing. I know there definitely are female big wave surfers, but um, what I like, I, I don't know if, if you've ever reflected on like that we have this need to conquer or to, or to just go to those, those kind of extremes. I, I, I appreciate your diplomacy, especially when you get into male, female things. Um, <laughs> And, and, I'll, and I'll use this as a, you know, and this is, could be a metaphor. And I, I think life is a somewhat formulaic process. And so I think it's just what, you know, we're not, we're all really not that much different. Um, the fact is we have, you know, most when you're normal, somewhat normal, you have two eyes, a nose, two ears. I mean, we, you look at people, we, I mean, there's our, we're pretty, I mean, each uniquely different, but we have some real similarities. So that means we have some real 
similar formulas and ways we go about doing things. Um, you know, when, when dolphins are attacked, um, they create a, like a, a sphere and they put women and children in the middle and then older people and then older adults. And then very outside, they have young adolescent males, uh, because they are predominantly the risk takers. They, they, that's what they do. And they defend, uh, they defend then and but in that ability to defend is also uh, an ability to to uh uh to to you know that you have these traits that allow you to do certain things uh better ultimately because of you know maybe uh, you're a little dumber um you know uh <laughs> you know a couple couple other things you might you might need and and there are you know and we have there you know i mean in and i imagine in graffiti it's pretty dominantly male um we're again you know what i said a moment ago was you know big wave riders are born and not made you have this innate calling you're driven to this thing it's hard to explain some of it has to do with you have to be the one to go out and uh and 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 ultimately a big piece of it is is that we're more expendable i mean the truth is is that we're you know once we do our duty uh in procreation we're good we don't i mean we'd like you to come you know catch some bring back some food but if you if you don't we're going to make it without without you kind of thing so i and and i always go back to biology it's it's an interesting thing because it it, it just you know, there's so many things that we have from that we have in us that we don't that we you know that that can be easily explained when you go primitive. If you just go back and let's go primitive, then because we get we get we get kind of technoed out, we get out technologyed out, and we kind of feel like you know we're so evolved and we're flying around in planes and we have all this thing and we're zooming and we're talking to each other on screens and we you know we have all this stuff, but at the end our biology you know, a lot of it hasn't really changed. I mean, it doesn't change that quickly. You don't change it in a hundred years. I mean, you know, it's like, and so there are aspects and that I think is a big piece of it as part of our biological position in the community and did what you, you know, and did what you needed to do in, in order to kind of protect, protect uh, the species, to prote protect ourselves and, and, uh, and, and in so being, we get a lot of uh, accomplishment from that. You know, we get a big, a big feeling of accomplishment from that, uh, from that process that that brings us a real fulfillment, um, that, that, uh, that we obviously, you know, enjoy. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the key, isn't it? Is, is finding that accomplishment. So so what would you then say to someone who because i mean you're obviously very fortunate that you were your your mum was into surfing you were pretty much like born in the ocean and what do you say to someone who is listening to this now but hasn't found their calling yet no, i i mean that's a, a, a great question and the fact is is that you know I, I i kind of talk about it with my children um you know i quote the movie the jerk there's a you know a, a pretty f funny movie old one called the jerk but in the in the film uh you know the guy finds his special purpose uh you know it's kind of like you got to find your special purpose you got to find the thing and you know i i think a big piece of that is 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 exploration 
right? So exploring and looking into things that you're, you know, and listening to your intuitions, but exploring, like looking around, like, hey, try that, try this, try that, you know, and see what calls you. And I mean, if you're, you know, if you're fortunate enough to actually find your, you know, and the younger you, sooner you find it, and the more you can evolve it. I mean, if you're fortunate enough that you can kind of make a life from the thing that brings you the greatest feeling of accomplishment and, and joy and, you know, and, and, and is the greatest teacher, um, you know, shame on you, but you know, you have to be thankful for that. But, uh, uh, but finding that, you know, you might have to subsidize it. You know, I, I would, I would have subsidized my surfing with, you know, working on tractors or building houses or, or, or whatever I needed to do to sub. And I, and I have for a, a large part of my career, given the, the direction I chose to, to, to go in my career and my lack of participating in, in kind of the structure of, of the, you know, of the organized aspect of surfing, it, I was forced to subsidize, um, and, and continue on the path and in the journey towards, you know, I mean, I, you could say enlightenment, but ultimately, you know, towards that journey of, you know, in my case, learning how to actually be fulfilled on your own, that you don't need recognition. Um, you don't need somebody to tell you, hey, good job. You know, that was great. Or, you know, you don't need that. You, you, you know, when you've done something special uh or something unique and you know how that feels and and so but but i i would tell people to to find to, to you know seek to seek it out and and explore and there is something that calls you that you're drawn to innately that you'll love and it, it could be you know i mean there's a thousand uh forms of it i know we all need an aspect of artistry i know we need uh it's a it's a human need that we need uh that um, we need some sort of, you know, creation. We like to create. Um, that's a pretty, that's probably a big piece of, you know, the question earlier, just, yeah. you know, why are we drawn to this stuff? Because, you know, it's, it's our form of creation. We build buildings and bridges and, you know, we, we make things and we paint things and we ride things and we, you know, whatever, whatever it is that, that can bring us that kind of internal feeling of accomplishment so one thing you said um is that creative people are fulfilled by accomplishing things and competitive people are fulfilled by beating other people what do you mean yeah. by that because i love that phrase I, I what i meant was is is that there are naturally competitive people that that just and and don't get me wrong i'm i'm crazy competitive when uh you know i'm gonna be crazy off of you know checkers or any game anything i'm gonna be crazy competitive um but that's not what really drives me that 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 i'm driven more by accomplishing uh things and that artists are are and that's the difference between you know, a competitive person, there's, there's athletes that are, that are creative athletes like Pele, like he would probably like to win, but he was, I would look at him more as a creative ath athlete. Like he probably got more fulfilled by zigzagging between the whole group of people and kicking a unique way and making a goal than he did actually by the number of goals and the winning. Yeah. Um, it was just a byproduct of his creativity in sports where you're measuring, it's more difficult, but you know, in, in, when it comes to creativity, I mean, as an artist, you're not going to have, I mean, 
you could you could have a graffiti contest but then you'd have to have so-called experts and then yeah. at the end of the day then there'd be judges and then you'd be confused you'd be like well how come that guy and he likes him and you like that and i mean it would just it, it never works out well um in any sport uh other than ones with real tangible increments like you're fast or slow yeah at, at the olympics but uh you know but I, I think there are, you know, there are runners that obviously are more uh, creative in their running and that their running is an expression of their thing. And, and other guys would just want to beat the other guy that anything he does. And, and, you know, uh, and, and, and you could be a, a highly competitive person uh, and you're, and you beat somebody else, but you don't run as good as you, you could run, but you beat the other guy because he has a bad day you'd be good. You'd be like, okay, cool. But if you're a creative person and you didn't run as well as you could run and you, you know, you're capable of running, um, win or lose, you would be disappointed. You would, you yeah. have a, there'd be an aspect of disappointment that you'd have because you intuitively didn't. And again, I think it, part of it is, it's the difference between those two is one of them is you're, you're kind of reliant on somebody else to determine your success or yeah. failure. Where the other one, you're not relying on anybody. You're just relying on yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's like one's internal, one's external. Yes. It's like, whose validation are you looking for? From someone else or from yourself? Exactly, exactly. So interestingly, you've never surfed competitively. And you, you touched on earlier sort of parts of your journey where, um, like, so you dropped out of school and you decided that surfing was going to be your life. But then you were you kind of turned down big um modeling or acting contracts if they weren't right for you and and like and obviously you'd like would do it was doing construction in order to keep the keep the bills paid and stuff like like i it just really fascinates me that even even though you've been the ultimate rebel of like dropping out of school and going i'm going to surf for a living which when i dropped out and people and i told people i was going to do graffiti for a living they looked at me in the same way like you're absolutely crazy but but then even within that framework, you still didn't follow the set path of how you do make a career from surfing. And you were like, I'm going to do it my own way. Like that must have been like a quite a scary, uncertain time for you because you do have to keep the rent paid. I had an amazing mom and uh, and she was a uh, big uh, cultivator of imagination. So she really kind of cultivated uh, uh, my imagination, but just the concept of imagination in general. And, you know, my mom couldn't, she could care less if I surfed or did anything actually, actually, it was more about how I was as a person, mm. and, you know, and, and my value and my values and, and how I treated people. And those were the things that were important. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I think that, 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 that unknown of, Hey, I don't want to go the traditional route um, of, you know, nine to five, but I'm going to serve, but then I'm not going to participate in that structure either. And, you know, that, that definitely, that definitely led, uh, you know, that definitely, uh, kind of led to, to, uh, a lot of unknowns, a lot of, a lot of uh, unknowns, but in my mind, you know, in, in my imagination or in, in my intuition, I always felt like if I was if I was able to ride the biggest waves the best that then that would 
take care of everything. And it, it didn't actually, <laughs> that's the irony, the irony of the story. But the truth is, is I believe that, that I believe that, that it didn't matter, uh, what contest or what you did, if you were the best at the biggest, that that was the pinnacle and that, and that, and that there, and that you would be, and that there would be really no way to dispute that you were, and again, you know, and then how do you, how do you, uh, define the best and you're looking for outside things. So my way was, how about just if you ride the biggest waves in the world, like you just are, you're going to go out and you're going to surf the biggest waves that have ever been surfed that maybe that'll take care of it. Like maybe that'll take, cause that'll, cause that'll be defined, but yet that, and, and, uh, and of course it didn't, but, and it led me down a lot of different roads because there was always that uncertainty, uh, first of all, how to do it, uh, you know, and, and the uncertainty of, uh, first of all, how do you make a living from that? How do you even get, get paid? Um, it made you, it made me be very creative, uh, along the way and do some things I didn't want to do, um, and, and do some things I, I did want to do. Uh, but, but I, you know, it, it was interesting. It was almost like I was provided for because of my, my, uh, sincerity, you know, like the sincerity of my calling, there was almost provision for that. Like, and I'm, I'm not saying whatever the universe, you know, however you want to, however you want to couch it, but there was like a, almost like it, because you're sincere genuinely to your heart and you're, and you're, and you're, you know, living that way and marching that way, you will be provided for, you know, you will be pro provided for. Um, and, and I think that's true to life. I think that, that in life, you know, because sometimes you go through stages when you wonder, like, you know, hey, I'm, how am I gonna, like, things are tight, and how am I gonna feed and pay, and you know, and and uh, I quote the saying, you know, hey, I provide for the birds, you know, how much more will I provide for you? So, uh, you know, and ha so having faith and believing, I think that was probably the thing that that you know that helped me along. Uh, the continue to stay on course is just to, to continue to believe that I can um, uh, and that I'm, you know, that I'm and that I've been provided for and that I'll be provided for, you know, and I mean, that seems foolhardy a little bit, I guess. <laughs> How did you deal with getting to a stage when you were riding the biggest waves, you were the best, but then the whole world didn't just kind of fall at your feet like you expected it to? Yeah. Was that kind of like a shock? Like, and what was your reaction to that? Because it must have been, it's quite a weird place mm. to be because not many people in the world have ever been in that position. Yeah, well, that was, that's confusing. You know, it's confusing to, uh, to, to be in that spot and then be like, and then, and then, but, but again, it's, it, it just, it seems like I was only back to where I'd always been. Yeah. So I was kind of familiar with that, which was, which was, you know, maybe a little outcasted, a little off the side. And again, and then it forced me to come back to myself and be like, is this, and, 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 and then I, and then I, I was fortunate to be surrounded by, uh, peers and people that, that, that gave validation, um, to the situation so that I could, uh, because those, those were the people that I respected. Um, and so they were the ones that, that, that whose opinions, uh, you know, and, 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 and listen, at a certain point, I thought, you know, I, I could, you could go on and 
and be in your van or be, you know, just be doing what you do and no one knows. And, you know, it goes back to that saying, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one sees it, does it actually fall? I mean, like if you're riding the biggest waves in the world and doing stuff that no one's done and no one knows, are you really doing it? Absolutely. And so you just have to, you know, you kind of have to use that as like, and you know what, am I going to eat out of a can and, 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 and have a hard time paying rent and still be doing it? Could well be, <laughs> you know, could definitely, could definitely well be, could be forever um, for that matter, you know. And how important was it for you to have, have other people around? Because surfing is obviously like, it's just you and you, the board and the water. It's not like there's a team of people involved there. Like how important was it for you to have a bunch of people around you? Well, I mean, the, the, the truth is, is that once we kind of developed this technique to ride the bigger, the bigger waves that were, had created a barrier, we, it started, it, it went from individualism, uh, more selfish to team. So we had, we, the mechanism that really made us have a breakthrough was the team aspect. That's what really blew it open. And, you know, and so uh then you start relying on on other people for your safety yeah. you know a big piece of it was the safety aspect and so that all of a sudden changes the dynamic uh of 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 a of a some somewhat soloist uh activity uh even if you're just trying to capture the stuff even if you're trying to like film stuff so that you have some some proof of it yeah. you know at least you guys when you get done with some art the proof is it's on the building and it's right there. I mean, ours disappears a minute later and it's the wave's gone, the ride's gone and everything's gone. And so you're back to square, you're back to square one. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so, so, but so that, 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 that kind of, you know, ended up being, uh, and I, and I think I'm naturally, my mom was a highly social person. I think I'm naturally a social person, even though I need, um, I, I, I realize I need to be, you know, I need to go and be alone. I think it's, I think, uh, you know, that's a, that's a very important part of, 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 you know, of kind of the whole system that, you know, you need that, you know, what do they say? Me time or whatever, yeah. you know, that's part of makes you better for the we time, you know? Yeah, completely. Like I completely relate to that. I always need time to be able to just go and be on my own. And I feel like yeah. if, if I've been in a situation where it's just me and loads of other people for a extended amount of time I get like almost like anxious like I need to go and be alone for a bit to just like recharge and then come back and give it my full again yeah I can relate to that yeah me and Adam were having a discussion recently and it goes to show how important like peers in your in your field are so important because we were talking about um, kind of criticism and a lot of our listeners sort of write into us and talk about the, the fear of getting kind of hate online and all those sorts of comments. And um, I think it was Adam who was was saying that you should only be validated or, or take either criticism or compliment. You should only take those from people that you respect, which I think is such valuable advice because if someone is not in your field, then then really whether they think you're amazing or they think you're shit, it, it really has no bearing on. But if you've got a small core group of people who have those shared experiences that know that really know like that this is good because I've experienced it myself. And those are the people that you need the feedback from. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that I, I, at a certain point, 
you realize that they're just people out there that are unhappy and they're and no matter what you do there's always going to be and and the fact is is that you can always criticize someone no matter how great what they do is you, you and you definitely need a core group of people that are honest with you too and kind of like eh, you know what that probably wasn't the best way to handle that or that's not your best you know work or oh you know just 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 to keep you a little bit in check i mean the fact is is that you know my uh part of that has turned into my family you know what i mean i have my daughters and they're they kick me in the teeth every time i get out of line so um <laughs> You know, <laughs> I have that. That's the next level. First, you go from peers to then you go to, you know, you go to family and daughters and, you know, and then they then they really have something to say. But uh, but yeah, that, you know, I, I, I think that you do need a core group of people that that you that you uh, respect and that and that and that are, you know, that that are, you know, are going to be they're going to be. Uh, truthful to you because at a certain point when you subject your your art your your philosophy your you know it, just any of what you are to the world uh you're you know you, you're gonna have a certain percentage no matter what you know what they say out of 10 you'll have two that hate it <laughs> and three that think it's great and then seven that don't really care so you know at a certain point it, it, you know it's you you're uh I think it's very important to to are very important to be cautious with have being influenced and trying to steer to try to please always. I think that yeah. there's a lack of sincerity with that, which means you're not going to go you're not going to go too far right and you're not going to go too far left, and it's going to and, and I think you're going to not be um, you know. And I think we all fall victim to that. I think no matter what we do, I think there's a certain level of you know, of, of governing that we do. Um, you know, I can say that for sure in my life that, that, you know, as, as, uh, you know, that even my behavior is, has been influenced by the fact that, that I can have influence on young admirer, like my children <laughs> as a, as a most immediate example, but you outside of your walls and your house too. Um, so that kind of has a tendency to, to influence the way you behave, which is probably good um, because I think if we didn't have any kind of restraints, um, you know, people could say, oh, more honest and more pure, but I don't know. I think that sometimes maybe that's, it's kind of like, you know, walking in nature and there's a big cliff. I mean, if the thing, if you, if you step off, you fall, you die. So you've obviously had mentors throughout your career. How important has that been for you? The fact is, is that, you know, we're monkey see, monkey do, right? So, or monkey see, monkey don't do. But uh, the truth, is, the truth is, is that I've had, you know, I've had uh, men throughout my life that, that I looked up to and, and respected. Um, and then I've had men that I, that I you maybe looked up to and didn't respect or, or, you know, or just, you know, the, there's aspects where you're like, Hey, maybe I won't do that, but I'll do that. Like we, you know, we cherry pick. So we go through and kind of cherry pick attributes and things that we, that we, uh, admire or, or we see behaviors that we would like to try to avoid as well. So, um, sometimes that type of teaching is greater. Um, but I've had, you know, I've had, uh, most of the men that I admired, uh, you know, had, uh, 
they were good family men, you know, they were, they were family, family men. And, and they had, uh, you know, they had a level of, of courage and a level of empathy and, and a level of, uh, you know, of, of tolerance and just, you know, there's just attributes that I, that I am attracted to. So that I've gotten to, you know, that I've been exposed to, I've been, I've been exposed to uh, uh, some pretty amazing people uh, in my life. And so, um, you know, that's been a, a fortunate thing. And then, you know, part of it is, I think, uh, you know, when you're, when you're a husband and then, you know, and then you're a dad, um, you know, you maybe want to be maybe the one that you, that you maybe thought you wanted. Um, and then you see the result of that on your children and you're like, whoops, maybe I didn't, <laughs> you know, want that exactly. But, you know, I think that's all part of the, you know, the lessons of, of, of that and, and, and how that, and then, and then maybe you can, you know, sympathize with your, you know, you don't, you don't sympathize with your parents until you become a parent kind of thing. And so I think there's aspects of that, but, but mentors and people I looked up to, um, you know, I had, like I said, I have an amazing, I had an amazing mother, um, and, uh, or have an amazing mother. And then I have, you know, uh, an amazing partner, a girlfriend, wife, mother of my children. Um, you know, so I have that aspect. And then I have men that, you know, that I admired and, 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 uh, and and respected and and then i try to maybe be like that you know so in your role as a mentor or as a father what do you think are some of the main things that hold people back from living their best life or achieving their goals uh well i i think that we you know there's a saying we we are each our own greatest inhibitors that we hold ourselves back more um part of its fear you know, um, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think fear of failure stops us from doing anything. And so I think we use excuses to kind of to, you know, find a way out of exposing ourselves to that to that possible failure. And so we'll be like, you know, oh, now I have a family. So now I can't do that. You know, that that kind of a saying where you're kind of like, you know, that's OK, but that's not really, that's just a way out, you know, like, uh, in my opinion, um, and there's some truth to that. You, okay. You make adjustments, you have a family, you can't just run around like a single guy and act stupid. Um, that's true. But in a way, ultimately you, you, you'd find that, you know, through that lifestyle that you'd actually be able to be more, uh, precise and, and actually probably better, uh, at, at whatever it is that you're interested uh, in achieving or doing um, or whatever you've set up for yourself. And you definitely have a lot more incentive <laughs> when you're providing for other people and you're being an, uh, an example uh, to other people. So if you're a younger person looking for a mentor, how would you go about finding one who would be right for you? Well, you know, first of all, I think it's, da I, I think that's dangerous um, to put that kind of pressure on anyone, you know, like, 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 you know, like, Hey, I'm, you're going to be my mentor. Yeah. Kind of like, wow, that's some pressure. Like, um, you know, uh, and, 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 and no expectations, no disappointments. That's what we always talk about the ocean. You know, like if you expect there to be a giant swell, it probably won't happen. 
a little bit like in life, you know, don't put some expectations on a poor guy and then be disappointed after. It's kind of a setup uh, for failure. That's a tricky thing. You know, I, uh, I think I, I think I always had a desire to want to be an example when I was growing up. I think I wanted to maybe be the mentor I didn't have or something like that, but that's, that's, you know, you got to be careful. Um, my mom used to say, you know, the way God punishes you is that he gives you what he asked for. So, yeah. um, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta be careful of that because that could be a bad setup. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I, I think when you want, if you want to be good at something, if you're really interested in something, I think, you know, I've always said, um, go where the people are the best at it, you know, and, 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 and you're going to become better just by osmosis, yeah. just by being there. If the, you know, if you're interested in piano, you go where the best piano players are in the world, yeah. you're going to get better at piano, you know, or, or whatever that is. If you, you know, be around like-minded people. Like if you, if there's people that, you know, that if you're interested in business, then, 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 Look for someone that that you respect that that does business in the way that you would like to do business, and and you're going to inevitably get better at business. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's a you know that's a, a I have a thing that I talk about with Gabby called the honey line. You know, where if you find a bee, you follow a bee, and then you find other bees, and then eventually you follow the bees, and they you go to the bees' nest, and there's honey, and there's bees there, and if you follow a wasp, you'll find another wasp and pretty soon you'll end up at the wasp nest. So, you know, I think that that's a, you know, that's a metaphor for life as well. Like you just seek out, you know, people that you're, that you're, that you respect or you yeah. admire in, in their approach, follow them. And there's other people that you find. And then pretty soon you're in a group of people that, you know, that are, are doing things in a way that you admire and you respect and you're going to inevitably, you know, improve. Now, we've already established that you've always gone against the grain, um, but the, the stereotype of a surfer is someone who's kind of like free and easy and goes with the flow. For you, it would appear to me that kind of structure and regiment are like really important parts of your life. Would you, is that yes, yes. an accurate representation? Yes. The uh, I think, you know, the fact is, is that I think that there is a ultimate freedom to structure. You know, they, what do they say? There's a predictability in chaos. I think that, 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 you know, I mean, if you think about it, the sun rises every morning and it goes across the sky and it sets every night. That's pretty predictable. That's pretty disciplined. Um, and so I think that there's something to be said. I think that you, I think you have to have a level of structure to have true freedom. Otherwise you're at the mercy of, of, of freedom. And then you're like, and you're free, but then somehow you're constrained. You're the most constrained, yeah. right? And so in a little bit, it's kind of a little bit like, you know, you have to to play within the system to, to have really freedom. You have to, there has to be a level of, uh, you know, I mean, the truth is, is that I've set my life up pretty much. I mean, I have, you know, I have. Uh, the, what we call the 20 foot clause, which is I have, you know, if I'm obligated to do something, I have a clause that like says that if the surf is bigger than 20 feet, I'm not going to make it, you know, and it's like, it's, and, and so there's, so, that, you know, and, and, and so, but there's, but, but, the, 
but that is something that takes structure that takes a a, a consistency a discipline uh, you know a, a level of that takes a level of discipline to have true freedom is what i believe i i believe to ultimately be free and to be able to do what you want when you want you have to do things you don't want all the time there has to be some stuff there has to be a level of thing so in order to make it so you can do it again and again it's easy to just be like i'm free and go off and do something and then you're like and now and then you come back and then you'll be more constrained than ever where if you're just kind of dissipating it along the way it it, it keeps you in a in, in a at least at least that's what i've found has worked for me given what i'm trying to do it's almost like people aren't searching for freedom they're searching for the ability to have choice because mm. as you said there it's like yeah if you get the freedom then it's like there's nothing it's just you and free whereas it's the ability to set up a structure that gives you as much choice as you want <laughs> i think that's a lot more powerful and i think that's what people actually really desire well that's freedom i mean cho freedom to choose right freedom to hey i don't want to yeah. i want to i'm gonna i'm not gonna i mean these are all this is what we're looking for i mean in, in a way you know uh, that's what money represents to people, right? So people think, well, if I just get this and I can just choose whatever I want. The problem is, is that then it adds, then there's a whole nother level of complications. It's attitude that people don't consider that actually become kind of a little bit of a slave to that. And sometimes when you have too many choices, you can't make a decision at all, which that becomes constraining. All of a sudden that's almost yeah. like that stops you from actually being able to, you know, it, to actually choose, um, you know, paralysis by over analysis kind of thing, like no choice by too many choices. Like you have, you can choose anything. So you can choose nothing. They say one thing that the only two things that happen, um, to people as they become wealthier is that they become less empathetic and they become more spontaneous. So they just buy everything, sell everything like, you know, <laughs> and those are like, you know, those are like uh, knee jerk reactions, I guess, to to the ability to. So it's nice to have some governing a little bit of, you know, a little bit of uh, I mean, just look at nature, the way nature kind of governs us. I mean, you know, with there's gravity that keeps us on the ground. Um, so but if you go walk to an edge of something, you you fall off, you know, like, you know, there's some things that there's rules, right? There's universal laws and and. Uh, and I think there's, uh, you know, to be truly free, you have to have a, a, a level of uh, a level of kind of predictability that you to, to be able to to truly move the way you want to move and not just I'm free. But then you're like at the mercy of, you know, all these other laws uh, that, you know. Yeah, I suppose it's defining what freedom is before you get there. Well, that's that's yeah exactly what and what is freedom ultimately right like you said yeah. like what is and what's freedom to you might be different than freedom to me so that those are again those are going to be personal choices but i think there is i think there is a, a a you know i think that that no matter who you are the ability to to choose you know is probably the you know a, a, an innate part of freedom right that choice of I don't want to, I yeah. want to, you know. I've got a little quote here, um, and I can't remember which uh, which documentary you said it in, but you said, I don't want to not live because of my fear of what could happen. And that's quite a powerful statement, given that what you do is 
very dangerous and you are obviously aware that and I, I'm sure you've had friends that have passed away doing what you do but is it because because I think from the answer of this question people will perhaps be able to look at the things that they're worried about that perhaps don't have so much of a final or, or, or massive risk so so why is it that you would you would rather put yourself in those extreme, extreme situations than not uh, face that fear. Because I would, I, I wouldn't want to jeopardize the opportunity to to for the reward of experiencing that. Right? I I, I wouldn't want to. I mean, the truth is, is that that I could create a scenario in my mind. Again, here we are creating, you know, blowing things up beyond it's back to the sharks again um you know blowing things up bigger than they are before and so i wouldn't leave my house right i wouldn't i was wouldn't go outside like people have that they don't i can't even go outside because if i went outside i could fall down the stairs and then a car would run me over or or the thing or the bird would whatever they just a million things that are imagination you know and 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 to, to and to live a life responding to that to, to all that little voice in your head that is designed ultimately to protect you, right? It's trying to keep you safe, but in its optimum uh, effect, it, that would mean that you would just kind of probably not leave your bed. You would just not move. You would just yeah. be like, don't move. It's almost too efficient. too efficient. That's what it's designed to do. It's designed to, if you, if you fall victim to it and, 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 and mine is just happens to be a very exaggerated version of it. But it's the exact same thing. It just, it's again, it's, you know, I, I always, I, I keep saying life is a formulaic process and, you know, whatever the background is, whatever the fear is, whatever, you know, whatever you're, I mean, I, I just happen to be dealing with, you know, we talked about this where you have a fear envelope and, uh, and, and somebody's fear envelope is, you know, is this big. And then you go outside of that and then it's that big. And then you go outside of that and it's that big and it eventually expands. And then, you know, my fear envelope just happens to be like this and somebody else's might be like that. Um, but if you don't go outside of it, if you don't, if you're not willing to kind of push the thing, then you're just constrained by it. Then it just, then it becomes like an imprisonment. And, you know, I, I uh, we always talk about, you know, don't react to what hasn't happened yet you know, don't, don't react. It hasn't happened yet. Like wait till it happens and then react to it. But we're always trying to be so cautious about being ready for when it happens, we can do it. But if it hasn't happened yet, that then you might actually make a move that when it does happen, you'll have to respond to the move you made and what it is and which would make you not do very well. It would, it would make you, it would make you, uh, probably do the wrong thing or, or be reacting from what you, you know, what you were thinking it was going to be than, than it really was. And again, you know, these are teachings that for me that, you know, that the ocean continues, like I call the ocean, the grand master and the ocean is, you know, that's like the grand professor and, and, and it, the lessons that you learn there, those are all part of, you know, you see a wave coming, you're thinking, well, if that wave hits me and that's the thing and running all these scenarios, but listen, you don't have to ultimately, it's, it's, it's until it hits you, you don't need to respond <laughs> because that would only use up energy and, and probably, you know, force you into the wrong maneuver, you know, the wrong 
the wrong response. Yeah, I, I suppose that by being in those situations that you've been in, it must give you uh, 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 such a perspective of when people are getting really like het up about silly things that really are <laughs> unimportant. When you've been in the middle of that of that storm of of like being plunged underwater and not knowing which way is up. And because we always say that like nature is so beautiful, but like, I mean, I've, I've been in the ocean and touched those, those rocks that are like so sharp that literally they will just slice you if you just put a finger on them. And yes, nature is beautiful to look at, but to be encased in it is just absolutely fucking wild at times. And so I suppose that, that then when someone like cuts you off in traffic or something, it's, it, it's just like, you, you've seen a bigger picture. No, and, and it's true. I think, I, you know, what's interesting is you, and you think you'd hope that it would have that effect that you'd just be like, you know, and, and, and uh, that, that, and I, I think, I mean, at this point in my life, it's a lot different than when I was, you know, young and full of testosterone. Now I'm just older and full of t- testosterone. But the, 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 t- <laughs> the truth is, is, uh, you know, that, that it definitely, I mean, you know, what do we, what do we say? Don't sweat the small stuff. And, you know, I have a friend that's seven feet uh, tall and he says, you know, small things for a giant. So, but it's a metaphor for life, like small things for a giant. It doesn't, you know, and you have to remind yourself because it's easy to get caught up in the minutia of the, of the pettiness of, because we humans are extremely petty and I'm not sure why that must've been useful, you know, helpful in, in our, in our evolution. It must've been because yeah. we're yeah. so much of it. I'm like, well, I wonder how this plays out in, 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 you know, in evolution and in our biology. And there must've been a reason that it was functional uh, to be petty uh, constantly. You know, I, I feel like, you know, I can get caught up in some of the minutia of the day-to-day pettiness. Um, and I have to be, you know, I have to be uh, conscious of that. I think one thing I always, uh, there's a great Napoleon uh, quote where he would, whenever he'd get a letter, he'd put it in a drawer and then, and then he wouldn't open it for a month. And then when he opened it, you know, the first letter said, you know, like send the army. And then the second one said, send half the army. And then pretty soon before you know it, like don't send any of the army. We don't need the army. And had he responded to the first letter, you know, he would have sent the whole army, but after he didn't really need to send all of it. And so, you know, it's like measure twice, cut once, like take, like give yourself some time to respond to stuff. I think I I have a natural ability to operate well in chaos. I mean, I've been in floods, I've been in fires, I've been in hurricanes. I mean, I, I, fortunately I haven't had to go to war. Um, in, in my, in my generation. But the truth is, 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 you know, I have a, a, a natural ability to operate well in, in those environments. So it does make it a little, you know, I, I think it's hard not to be provoked by sometimes human behavior. Sometimes like when you see people behave in a certain way, you're like, like, it's hard not to be provoked by, by it because of the, you know, sometimes just the sheer ignorance of, of it. And maybe it's connected to something that provokes you in a way that, that maybe they're a liability, like to you in your community, if they're going to act like that or think that way, you'd be like, this is a liability. And you're like, you, you have a, a visceral reaction to it. But, you know, I, I think through, you know, through time, through breathing, through meditation, through training, through all the experiences, you, you, you start to, uh, 
you know, you have ways to approach those situations in, in, in a way. And, you know, there's a great saying, uh, you know, not their burden, you know, you know, not their burden. And and so sometimes I think it's easy to go, God, I can't believe the thing and why they're so petty about that or, but you know, mm-hmm. not their burden, you know, and, and people have burdens. We're all burdened by, by something. Uh, I mean, it's living is burdensome. <laughs> you know? Life. Yeah. It's, and it stacks yeah. up, it stacks up, you know, it certainly is. How important is youthful enthusiasm? Mandatory. That's everything. That's, 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 uh, that, that is probably one of the fountains of youth, you know? So the enthusiasm to be enthusiastic about, about life, about interested in things, to be interested in things like learning. And, and I mean, I think that that's, that's the key element to, to, First of all, being interesting, uh, and second of all, to 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 uh, be inspired. Like, because if you're not enthusiastic, where, you're not. Where's the inspiration? You're just going to be like, and then it's going to, and then and then you're going to stop having fun. Which once you stop having fun, that kind of just shoots the whole thing down. Then then you're walking around half dead, you know. Which is, you know, we have a a, a big portion of our planet you know, what, uh, with people walking around that are just, you know, they're just, you know, they're, they're, they've already, they've already, they're already done. Um, and it's, in, it's, it's sad. It's a sad, it's a sad state of affairs when people have, you know, a big portion of their life still ahead of them and there's nothing to look forward to. There's nothing to be excited about. Another a, a quote that kind of goes with, with that is, you know, never let your memories be bigger than your dreams. You know, I think that that's a that's a beautiful thing. Well, Laird, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for your time. We really, really enjoy chatting to you. Um, could you let everyone know where they can find you online? Take Every Wave is my recent documentary. I have a book called Life Rider. Um, there's a I have a fitness and wellness kind of uh, lifestyle program called XPT Life. Um, I have a ultimately a, a superfood uh, company, uh, Laird Superfood uh and and they have some incredible information about just nutrition stuff that we kind of believe in. Uh, LairdHamilton.com, I, I Instagram, and uh, you know, I there's I know there's some other stuff, but I can't keep track of it all. <laughs> I, I appreciate your time. You're both gentlemen. Aloha. Aloha. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Take dude. Care. Thank Take you. Take care. Thanks so much for listening get any value from these episodes it would mean the world to us if you could share the podcast with someone who needs it you can always reach out to us on instagram at rebels create or head over to creativerebels.co and remember always be creating see ya